Hi, you guys. This is Liz Ryan, and this is the Truth About Work podcast. This is episode 26. So thanks for listening to the podcast and subscribing and telling your friends. That's so cool, and I appreciate it. And thank you for sending me questions to answer. You can send them to support at humanworkplace.com. So I got some questions. Let's dive in. Dear Liz, how do I support my best friend on her job search? She loves to complain about her job, but I give her job search advice and she doesn't take it. I'm getting tired of it. It's very frustrating and it's hard to listen to her complain when she will not take the first step to improve her situation. Thanks. This is a great question, right? A lot of us have been there. Almost all of us have been there on one side or the other of this uh, this communication difficulty, right? Either we were the person looking for help, looking for support and advice, and then not acting on the advice, or we were the person giving the advice, really wanting to help, and then having our friend or partner or significant other, whatever, just kind of ignore what we told them and want to complain again the very next time we talk to them. They're both incredibly frustrating places to stand, aren't they? But rather than cast your friend who needs a new job in the role of the person who won't help themselves and is spurning your good advice and yet trying to get sympathy from you, it might be helpful and less stressful for you to think about it that they are in a place in this change process and this evolution process that we all go through, the hermit crab, giving up the comfy shell, but it's just too small, but they can't give it up. Finally, Mother Nature says, you got to get out of the shell. And the poor little hermit crab abandons the shell that got too small, and they run across the beach feeling very naked and exposed, as indeed they are, and at risk until they find a little bit bigger shell. So that's your friend. It's very scary to get out of that shell as a hermit crab, right? Change is hard. Reinvention is a physical process that begins when Mother Nature says so. You know what I mean? And it can be very hard to be in that stuck place. And it might be that the best way for you to be a friend is to not give your friend any more advice that they're not going to take. It can feel like pressure. We've been there, right? We've all been there. The friend says, here's what you got to do. Is you got to... And uh, just, it'll be fine. It's like, oh, I can't take on one more thing. Where I am right now, I can't take on one more thing. I mean, we are in the middle of a pandemic. Very stressful and hard and frustrating and scary for all of us. So the job is one more thing. But the idea might be the Emerald City at the end of the Yellow Brick Road if they actually go and get this great job. But it just feels insurmountable. Like, how could I start? I can't do that. I can't do that. And then one day Mother Nature will have the last word. But don't feel like your friend is spurning your advice or ignoring you. They might be asking for something a little bit different than you're giving them, such that you both get frustrated. You know that the the whole uh, men are for Mars, women are for Venus thing, years old, that men give advice and practical how-to when a lot of times women... These are archetypes, but I'm just saying... Um, a lot of times women want to be heard. They want to process out loud. They want that. They want affirmation, that typical thing uh, as a model. Think about it maybe that way. And the other one is that sometimes when we're in distress, like your friend 
in distress at their job. Sometimes we we develop like a habit of saying, "Ugh, so how's your life, Cindy? Oh, I hate my job. I hate my job." And we get frustrated like, "Cindy, stop talking about how much you hate your job because I've told you a thousand times how to get a better job and you're you're just not doing anything I told you." So it's like I don't want to hear about how much you hate your job. But rather you can reshuffle the Dewey Decimal System, the organization in your head that classifies how to think about and react to and categorize the things that Cindy says, and you reclassify, oh, I hate my job, as like just a, um, a Cindy's way of just releasing like static energy, right? Like, like just releasing static energy, I hate my job. And you, uh, my, my mentor, Dr. Dave Thompson taught me about this. You can reinforce what someone says or it's extinguish it like a little, like a little, like a match flame. And so extinguishing things that people say is not mean. It's not a horrible thing to do. It's not rude. It just says, yeah, that's, that's her letting off. That's fine. That's what Cindy always says. I hate my job. And eventually the waves are going to flow in such a way that Cindy, you know, decides now is the time. And she has what it takes, the resources to step into that. But that is a natural process. Cindy is overwhelmed. We're all overwhelmed. When she says, I hate my job, ugh, I'm going to say, so should we make some popcorn? So Cindy, you know, do you want to, whatever. You're going to go on with the conversation like it's just her thing to say. Right? Don't take that as an assignment now. Oh, we have to sit down and strategize. She didn't necessarily mean that. She has you in her corner and you understand she hates her job and you're a safe person. She can talk to about how much she hates her job and and and, and that's all it is. It's like a, a soft pillow. Now, that does not mean you have to dig into every single thing that, uh, that Cindy has to say about her boss said this this week, her boss said that. I get that. You can burn out as a friend and say, Let's do three minutes on the job, the latest, because we're, you know, it, 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 it ends up being, it's a sucky job, you know, and I understand this might not be the right time to dive into that. Um, I don't mind hearing the latest, you know, for five minutes, and let's talk about every single other thing on all of our plates. It's hard. It's hard to support a job-seeking friend or partner, especially when there's a financial aspect. You didn't mention being responsible for the bills, but sometimes people are responsible for the bills and their spouse, their partner, their whatever isn't working. And it's kind of like you need to actually work on your job search. I can't, I'm freaked out about money. I can't keep paying all these bills on my own. And that's another level or wrinkle of this com complex issue of supporting people where they are. It's not always easy where they are, but it's the age old thing. I've gotten so much mail over the years, my spouse, my partner, is driving me crazy. They could have had a job by now. They're not serious about it. It's a tough one to to evaluate from the outside just because we're not inside their head. We don't know what reinvention process is going on in there. And then our fear as the responsible partner who's still working at the job, you know, says, just take the first job. We have to pay this rent. And it's a real hard thing for couples to navigate through. Um, but as a friend, I think you can absolutely... Imagine that Cindy said this to you. Listen, I got to level with you. I need your help getting to the point where I can job hunt. You're giving me amazing, great advice that I cannot use because I can't even take in the words right now. 
I'm so freaked out and, 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 and weary and frustrated at work. It does help me to talk about it. I know that it may look to you like um, you're throwing pearls before swine with all this great free advice you're giving me that I'm not taking. I'm just not there. I'm not ready. I would love to just have some conversations about, I understand, you know, you have limited bandwidth. We all do five minutes on the latest thing my boss did that I hate. And maybe that just hangs in the air and you don't give me advice because there is no advice. Why am I still in this job? I know it. I, I level with you on that. I own up to that. Why am I still at this job? I don't know. I'm not ready to take that step, but I don't mean to misuse our friendship or your time or your good advice, but this is just where I am in this stuck place. And believe it or not, you're just listening to me is helping me trudge through it. I'm a hermit crab getting ready to step out of the shell, right? Sometimes it's helpful to imagine what someone would say if they could. Okay, next question. Hi, Liz. I've been writing freelance articles for some time and for a number of years supported myself very well that way, but the work is drying up. I really want to develop my own voice and subject matter expertise. There are things that I desperately want to work to write about, but I cannot earn money doing that. What should I do? Well, look, the thing about content and thought leadership, thought leadership, digression about thought leadership. Thought leadership is a term that people use to describe somebody like you that's trying to develop their voice and get out there with their voice and their subject matter expertise, whatever, whatever they want to say and, and promote it to a wider group of people and build maybe community and or generate revenue. You know, the, the thing that I talk about all the time regarding thought leadership is that there's two completely separate uh, strains. There's two completely separate kinds of winds that blow or energies we have to acknowledge and respect. And we call them crank and flame, right? Two pieces of this puzzle of sharing your ideas as a thought leader a public speaker, a writer, a blogger, a podcaster, a YouTuber, whatever, Instagram person, whatever. And one is crank, and that is turn the crank and make the money. That's why people have jobs for the most part. Like, it's great if we get more, much more out of a job than just the paycheck, but the paycheck is right at the bottom of that whole Maslow's hierarchy. You need the paycheck. We have bills to pay, so... So there's the crank part. I got to stay alive. I've got to have money to pay the electric company, you know, the landlord, whatever. And then the other one is the flame. And your flame is, of course, what you care about, what you want to say, your creative expression, etc. And they mesh. They do mesh, but at a pretty high level. That's a pretty rarefied spot. Like that's where people want to get as thought leaders is that, wow, I'm making money and saying what I love to say that's a wonderful thing, but I don't think you would want to put on your creative vision, especially if you're just forming it for the very first time, like look at vision, you have to do your vision thing, but you also have to pay the rent. That's too much to put on. Why would your vision just magically be able to pay the rent? There's It's negotiation between crank and flame, typically for most thought leaders for years. You know, should I do this? It's a little, it's a little commercial, but maybe I'll do this. It's a big conflict 
for artists of all types and we are all artists and you've just declared your 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 readiness to step into your art um so i would not put that on it i don't think that's going to work i think you are going to pay the rent however you pay the rent take care of business maslow get the rent paid writing not writing if the work is drying up and it is okay a lot in a lot of creative and content type fields then you're gonna find another way to support yourself um which can be jarring for people to say no 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 this is my whole identity but the thing is it's still your identity you're just going into a different phase right i mean tony stark iron man was in that cave building the next thing that's you sometimes it might be a cave it might be a chrysalis that's what i tell people all the time it's a chrysalis right now look at the world we're in a lot of people in cocoons and chrysali getting ready for the next chapter that's an absolutely wonderful place to be but do not say i have to step out here with my vision as yet unknown unformed and have it already make money for me we don't even know what the vision is yet don't put that burden on it. You can take on different personae. You can, you can do different things to make money while working on your creative flame. It's so valid, it's time honored, and it's perfect. So many um, technology companies made all their money for years doing software projects for other people. Time honored way to start a company that has in mind to develop a really cool app or whatever that does this cool thing but no one's given the money to do that, so they make the money doing software development projects for other people, sometimes for years, right? Same exact thing with you. If the freelance writing is drying up and it's not gonna be a valid source of income, sure, develop your creative flame, 100%, but I don't know that the idea of saying, this also has to pay my rent next year is gonna cut it, right? The thing about a creative vision is it it steps forth from you. You give you, you create fertile ground for that to happen. You think about it, maybe journal, talk to your friends, ruminate, take long walks, ride your bike, all that, and let it come out. But why push it? Oh, you got to pop right out and sustain me. That is not my recommended course of action. I would say if this is really important to me, finding my voice and developing this 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 creative vision for myself is important, then I, I'm going to be willing to do whatever I need to do to make the money I need. And maybe I f explore ways to reduce even my um, standard of living right now to pursue this vision and do all kinds of random things to just pay the rent while I cultivate this. Or maybe I say, you know what? That's way too much pressure to put on my vision that is just emerging, I'm going to put it aside for a little while and just have a journal and just write here and there and see what springs to mind. And, you know, of course it would be nice if everything could be wrapped up in a bow. I'm going to step into this new voice of mine and it's going to make all this money. I hope that happens, but we're coming from a, from a practical place. I want to say one thing about the term thought leadership because people always say, Liz, you are so anti-corporate jargon what term could be more corporate jargony than uh, thought leader? And um, I totally understand what you're saying if you say that. I just haven't found a better term that says someone who writes, speaks, you know, does this kind of stuff to spread the word and, and share their ideas and, you know, grow their flame and other people's flames, potentially make money also. 
content creator. Um, some, somebody started a conversation on Twitter about this issue. Is there a better term, less obnoxious term than thought leader? And somebody said public intellectual, which is like, no, God, no, no. I'm sticking with thought leader for that reason. Okay, let's see what other questions we've got. Oh, dear Liz, I am about to accept a job offer for a wonderful job in content marketing, but I know there are brand-related issues I should bring up before I sign on the dotted line. Can you help me identify those? Yeah. The big thing is if you're going to be doing content marketing, and I assume that you're going to be writing, right? The things that you put together, the programs, the systems, you know, funnels, all that stuff, that belongs to the company, obviously. And any content you create probably belongs to the company. I'd be shocked if they don't have you sign an agreement. It's all work for hire and all that is fine. Okay, that's normal. Unless you have some very unusual arrangement or you came in there with a big brand and following. But the thing that you want to talk to them about is like, the practical application, is your name going to be on your posts, for example, on their blog or other publications? If you care about that, you better get that out in the open because there are plenty of employers that will not put your name on the stuff you write for publication. They'll say the staff, XYZ company staff, and you're like, wow. Then you're claiming later on for your next gig, your next job search, I did this blog, but like I'd have, you know, here's the posts that were mine versus other people. It's better to have your name out there, obviously, right? Much better to have your name out there. You start to build a personal following. And right now we are in a time when brand conflict between employees and their employers is big. I don't think it's ever been this big before. It's big. People have personal followings. They have a personal point of view. And there's this, I was talking about crank and flame. This is the same thing. But in an employment situation, ew, no, I don't want to have you put words in my mouth. So let's say you're writing a blog for the company as a content marketing person, or you're doing stuff for clients or whatever, and we'll stick to the direct blog for the company. That's much more clean. You do stuff for clients, your name's probably not going to be on it. But let's say it's for your own company, and you go in there and say, there's a company Twitter account, and I'm going to run the Twitter account, you know, and that's fine, and then... I'm going to write blog posts on the company blog, and can I put my name on those? I really want my name on them because it's part of my, just, I think it's good for the company that you have this person, me, that has this particular point of view that people seem to like. They People attach a lot of times to names and names that come with stories and points of view and so on than just like the company blog, but that, that would be important to me. I want to do that. And um, they say... Uh, yeah. Okay, great. And then the only thing is, of course, we're going to edit the stories. And so it's going to be your name, but you know, you got to put in there the stuff that you, that, that we tell you to say, and then you're like, oh, great. Now it's my name. And this is not even what I believe. And it sounds really corporate and awful. So this is why these content relationships in this era of thought leadership and personal flame and personal brand are becoming fraught. I, I I'm horrified that I keep hearing about employers who tell you exactly what to say in your LinkedIn profile. That's a personal profile. The company does not pay for it, but they feel, oh, this is, our, this is one of our billboards, your profile, you, the people that work for us. I'm not cool with it. They should be able to say, look, here's one sentence we want you to say about our company because it's like our standard thing, but if it, it sounds gross and it would never be in your profile, 
you should have the opportunity to say, I work for Acme Explosives and leave it at that. If this is the only thing you're going to let me say about the company, but I would never say these words because they sound so corporate. Acme Explosives is a leading family-owned maker of stick dynamite for coyotes, you know. I don't want to, I'm just going to say Acme Explosives. They can read about the, the company somewhere else. Becomes very, this is it, you guys, human workplace. The reason we have this conversation and we deal with all these sticky topics is because it's where the mechanical meets the personal. That's what it is. You are a living person, and yes, you get a salary or wages, but that you should not have to subsume your personality, your beliefs, your whatever, to that job. But right now, a lot of people are doing that. A lot of other people are struggling in this, you know, awkward space that is not, in my opinion, sufficiently well addressed yet of the personal and brand and integrity versus the corporate and who controls what. I think there's a lot to talk about there. All right. So anyway, that is episode 26 of the Truth About Work podcast. If you have a question for me to answer, send it to support at humanworkplace.com. Thanks for following us and subscribing and sharing the podcast with your friends. We got a Facebook page, Twitter, at Human Workplace, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm Liz Ryan, and thank you so, so much for listening.